Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life, and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello, welcome back to Belonging. It's Becca Piastrelli here. So happy to have you with me. I just realized the day I'm recording, which is about a week before this goes live, is that we've hit the one-year anniversary of this podcast. Yay! That's pretty wild to think about what belonging felt and looked like a year ago versus what it feels and looks like now. It definitely started as an experiment. It started as something that I was afraid of committing to, or maybe I was being wise. Either way, I needed to approach it as an experiment. And so Caitlin, who is my business manager and really just like the important part of this business content community mission was like, why don't we just start with really small mini-sodes? So if you've been in the feed, you know that the first uh, bunch of episodes were 10 minutes or less. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to 30 minutes. And then I said, oh, I want to interview people. And now here we are in this woven web of a year of episodes of belonging and I'm still doing it. I think there's something to be said about approaching things without the full plan out of the gate and seeing where it organically goes while also bringing a level of devotion to it because there will always be little dips, little moments where you may want to bail or have resistance or need a break. You know, I'm just coming off of little summer break that felt really good. And I want to continue this. I want to continue this little project I'm doing on the side, which is actually a major part of my life at this point and something I very much enjoy doing. So happy birthday, belonging, happy first birthday. Who knows how 
long your life will be, but I'm here with you now and loving what we're co-creating together. And to you who listens, whether you've been here the last year or just discovered me recently, so cool to feel you on the other end of this microphone in whole time, in non-linear time, knowing that you're there listening, whether in your car or on a walk or a hike or while you're making breakfast or whatever it is. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. So today, today is a really interesting episode to do a year in. This episode is a conversation with my husband. We've brought a man on the podcast, Tim Piastrelli, the man I am married to and have been in relationship with for 14 years. We were journeying in Scotland in June and we were driving and I was talking about my dreams and my visions. That's very much my role in our partnership. He's a doer and a maker. And I'm, I'm a doer too, but I have a lot of dreaming and visioning energy, which sometimes can make him nervous, but oftentimes is the fuel to propel our doing and aligns our actions towards something. So I was just talking about my visions and my dreams for everything, really. That's what I often do on car rides. And I was talking about the podcast and Tim said, you should interview me on the podcast. And I thought, that's a cool idea. What do you want to talk about? And you'll hear what he wants to talk about in a few minutes when you listen to our conversation He really wanted to share his perspective. He often wants to know what the partners are feeling, the partners of the people that I am coaching and supporting and on retreat with, what are they feeling? And I think there's a little bit of wanting them to know what it's like for him being the partner of someone who, you know, we're very dissimilar We don't have similar jobs or lifestyles or self-care routines. We're very, 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 very different. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that polarity and in our connection. And it takes a lot of work, which you'll hear about our practices for continuing to foster a sense of co-creation. So I think he feels it's important to share his perspective on the work and, and to know about his life. I share a lot about my life to know about his life and our life together. And we even talk about toxic masculinity and what it's like to be a cis white man in this time when they got to be taking a back seat to the greater things that are happening here for deeper healing and what his experience is and a little bit of advice too. So... I'm very curious to know what, how this lands for you and if you find it helpful or not. So you know where to find me on Instagram at Becca Piastrelli or at belongingpodcast.com. You can leave a comment, also show notes and references and all that is over there. So I am so happy to introduce my beloved, my king, my dude, my guy, my partner, Tim Piastrelli. How long your podcast? Ten minutes? Five minutes? <laughs> five minutes. Five minutes, good. Let's just keep no, going. it's like 30 to 40. We'll just flow. We'll see. I've got my eye on the time. Okay, so I'm going to set the scene. 
It's Sunday midday, and it's a warm, sunny day, and we're drinking iced coffee in my office because that is the quietest place we could find to record, and you wanted to do this, which is cool. You brought it up. We were driving in Scotland, and you said, why don't you interview me on your podcast? And I was like, wait, that is so cool. What do you mean? And you wanted to share your perspective from a partner for someone who's on this like spiritual journey to belonging, which is like the words I use for whatever it is I'm doing in my life. Because I don't really talk a lot about you in my work. And I wonder what people think. Like, who is Tim, the husband, the partner, Becca? Does he have a man bun? (laughs) Is he, like, super in touch with his feminine? What does he do? Is he a yoga teacher? Is he, quote, normal or not normal? Because so many people who I work with, a lot of what they come to me with is, like, my partner or my family don't understand. Or I'm shifting into this, like, deeper experience of working with the earth and the seasons and herbs and plants and ancestry, and I'm looked at as being weird. Or I'm afraid my partner's going to reject me. Or we're going to be too different and we're going to have to part ways. But I deeply love him, them, her. So is that what you wanted to talk about? Sure. Do you want to say hi? Hello. And who are you? I am Tim. You are Tim. And you're married to me. How long have we been together? Uh, 15 years. Married for eight? Yeah. Yeah, 14 years. 14? Yeah, long time. And what was I like when you met me? I was 19. 19, party girl from Boston University. (laughs) Sorority girl. Yeah, like going out to bars and clubs, you know, not really even thinking about sustainability, thinking about your ancestors, really thinking about anything outside of international relations and just having fun. Yeah. Do you remember what I wanted to be for work? Didn't you want to be like an international diplomat or something? I did. Yeah. I wanted to solve the Middle East peace crisis. But I refused to take Arabic. (laughs) (laughs) And who are you? I'm Tim. I'm an engineer. I love to build things, break things. I'm in the security industry. I'm a a known hacker. Yeah, that's a really cool story maybe for another time. But you grew up. On the, in the internet space. Yeah, I was I was in the internet before it was cool. Yeah, and you was, took apart computers when you were like thirteen, put 10, them back together. Ten. Ten. I was I was in the dark web before the dark web was a thing. Yeah, uh, you're what I we was, call a white hat, former black hat. Now writing hat. writing exploit code, defacing sites, doing all types of malicious things from yeah fourteen to like seventeen years old. Yeah. And then the authority said, son, you can use your powers for good or evil. Yeah. And you chose good. Yep. But what is good? Yeah. We have lots of conversations about that. So I met you. We met in college. I was in Boston. He was in San Francisco. I was home with my family for the summer. We met on Match.com, which makes perfect sense because you have a lot of confidence online. Not that you don't have confidence in person, but especially when you're 23. Mm-hmm. You had swagger. And we had a summer romance that never ended. 
We did two years long distance, and then I moved back to the Bay Area, and we've been together ever since. You know, I that's in the transition of who you are today kind of begun. When? When you moved back. When? And you went to your master's at Dominican and Sustainable Enterprise. Yeah. To get your MBA to go into business, but emphasis on sustainability. And then, you know, fast oh, forward, yeah. that's where you are today. And you've gone through maybe seven transformations since then. What do you mean by that? Just who you are, what you believe in, getting closer to your ancestors and, and wanting more belonging, more environmental conscious, conscious about everyone, everything. Like really, like it's this yeah. is from you know, these very macro level to to then micro level ideas that you have. You know, it was like this is one thing and now it's so many smaller things about who you are and what you care about. Right? Yeah. And it's, and so it's always shifting every few years, even your business. When yeah. you first started, the dabblest, mm-hmm. Hammy Holiday. Yeah. Where's all that, right? It's, it's shifted. Like, the days of, of doing all that, me hosting your website on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would go down and I'd call you at work, and yeah. at work and be like, oh my God, you have to get the website back up. Yeah. So just, but just again, like who, who you are, what you, not really what you believe in, just your intentions or like, like my yeah. expression of my yeah. work and your, your focus or just the proper word, just, I guess your, your commitment, like you're getting more and more focused Yeah. on these different, you know, things that you really care about. And I, I always say, you know, in the modern architecture of, you know, computer and distributed systems, like you build for change, not last. Yeah. Because everything's always shifting. Therefore, you, your beliefs, but your values don't change. But what you focus on and how you approach it always changes. I really appreciate that reflection because sometimes I feel like I'm going a little crazy. I think it's because I'm a manifesting generator in human design. And so I've got all these new ideas. I've slowed my role way down with taking action on those ideas. Remember, I used to be like, constantly a new thing spreading myself so thin you'd call me on it and now it's like does it align to that central core virtue to that central idea of belonging and being a good ancestor and that sort of guides the different iterations of myself so to speak Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to think about what listeners would be interested in about you and me in this because in many ways we're very like there's a lot of polarity in the ways that we think and feel who we are, not just as a cis man and a cis woman, but just like, I don't know how we present. Like you're, you're what I'd call presenting as like a quote normal guy. Like you're a white man who has a nine to five. It's actually way more than a nine to five. Yeah, I don't think I ever worked nine to five. You work so <laughs> much. Yeah, you have like sort of the traditional looking life and I don't Are you saying I'm more of a corporate engineer is that what you're saying yeah I think you just look like more like what the system presents as like a quote normal person my nerdy t-shirts my fast walk yeah your nerdy t-shirts and your fast walk I don't know if that's normal what is normal but it's definitely not like you're not burning incense in the morning and drumming with me no I have a hard time meditating 
have, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not setting intentions in the morning. I don't have a man bun. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. <laughs> I, I don't wear linens and do yoga and talk about, you know, my deepest inner wants or fears. I don't, I don't show, know about that. I don't show a lot of emotion. That, right? I think you do share your deepest. I do, but it comes out in certain times. Like, I don't practice that, right? So what is your... Okay, this is an interesting question. What is your what are your spiritual practices or beliefs? I think that's where you come in. Like before I met you, I didn't have any, but you know, we are polar opposite of a lot of this stuff. However, you helped educate and bring me into a world that I knew nothing about. And at first it was scary, but now it just it makes sense. And so for me, setting intentions are when we have guests and we do food blessings or we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, the hard work that you and, you and I do on our marriage, like going to, you know, um, essentially, what I'm trying to say here, going to a realm of, of setting intentions for each other and putting in the work to be yeah. better human beings to ensure we can communicate more effectively and understanding that I need to communicate to you differently and I would communicate to myself or another engineer, right? Yeah. And so back to the question of spiritual practices, I mean, it's setting intentions to ensure that you and I are compatible, right? That's mm, right. And that so, we're co-creating yeah, together. Yeah, co-creating together. And like sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. But I think where we align our values, which makes it easier for me to be part of your journey. Yeah. Right. I noticed that it you want to be part of the journey when I'm not forcing you to be a part mm-hmm. of the journey, which has been a lot of the work we've done because I think in the earlier times and it still comes up for me, I get really scared that we're like too different. I think particularly that happens when we have like an argument or if I am like back from some deep experience like a retreat or something and I sort of come back into the world and I feel like I'm a floating goddess and I come in and it's like, bam, I hit Tim's energy. It's like, you're just not in a floating goddess stage. And there can be that like inner little girl fear of just like, oh no, we are too different. This isn't going to work. I'm going to have to make a choice. And so oftentimes from that space, I would be like, why aren't you meditating? Why aren't you going to cacao ceremonies with me? Although you did go to cacao ceremonies and you hosted your own cacao ceremony for your team, which I think is so cool, your, your team at your work. But you know what I mean? Like I've done that where I've tried to tell you how to be spiritual out of a fear that we couldn't co-create our own expression of that together. What do you think of the, those words I just said? Yeah, I mean, essentially, you try to force anything on somebody, it's going to reject and fail, right? Yeah. But I think if you if you see your partner enjoying their self, they're passionate about something, you know, naturally you're going to support them and co-create with them, right? So you're coming home, you know, you are a goddess, you're coming home and feeling like a goddess, and, you know, trying to push that energy on me, you're going to hit a wall of resistance a little bit, right? And I think yeah. that's where you and I have done a lot of work on how we approach that and then how we communicate with each other and make that effective. But that takes practice. It just doesn't, you don't flip a light switch and that works, right? Totally patience. Mm -hmm. And And I also, you know, we 
going to couples therapy and ensuring that we're oh yeah we're very know, pro couples therapy keeping keeping it real with each other deep honesty mm-hmm. that's also made me respect your work more understanding the work that you're doing that reflects on me that makes either me a better leader or more confident or you know able to express myself more effectively being able to do conflict resolution more effectively just because of you like mm. the education that you've given me around those things and then feeling like when you host your circles or your retreats or have people over it you see the community and the belonging within your intention and it's just a beautiful thing so mm. even though i am different everybody is going to crave belonging and being part of something and so i'd be naive to think like oh i'm too good for this like no just just takes practice and getting out of my my engineering head of trying to define or construct these things, right? So just being part of it, letting go a little bit, I think that's where you've, you've helped a lot. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love hearing that when you say that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about toxic masculinity? It's a real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see it a lot in the city, a lot in engineering, a lot just in the tech culture in general. The city of San Francisco yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. You have leaders who want to bully, define, not let their team, you know, be part of it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's bad. And I think that it works for some people to lead them that way, but it is very toxic and it's aggressive. And it's just a culture that I don't foster. So you're thinking in the workplace. Yeah. What about in like life? outside of the world. It would apply to the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm specifically thinking about men feeling weak if they are emotional. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, by being with you, this is actually, unfortunately, maybe the wrong word, but but I guess, unfortunately, I I don't have a lot of experience now in that with people I hang out with because I've Mm. just, by unconscious design and being in your circles with the women and people that join with you know are with you and your friends and their partners getting to know them more like the toxic masculinity is just not there in those circles right i know it's so nice and so so in the beginning i would see it a lot and as i reflect who i used to hang out with or people i knew people i do know still that don't work on their self or you know support their partners in these journeys and like this 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 yeah really journey yeah they're gonna stay toxic like they're not going to get out of that. Like it, it, it takes work, you know. And again, me as a as a male and a white male, just hearing people saying like, "Oh, I don't need that. I'm fine." It's like, are you kidding me? Like everyone needs belonging. Everybody needs somebody. Support um, and, outside support. And I think there's not enough brotherhood out there. I think people when they hang out, the stupid conversations, the mansplaining, the the talking about just pointless things now sure that's that's fun and i do do that every once in a while not the mansplaining but talking about just you might mansplain maybe i really try not to i try not to interrupt and and try to be a know-it-all but yeah i'm sure it slips out but having the 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 silly conversations are great but you need to have more depth with with your friends and i feel like if you can't get if you can't have more depth with your closest friends and be emotional with like your brothers how can you ever do that with other people outside of your like closest inner circle? And so if people aren't even doing that, of course they're going to have that toxic masculinity that they're going to run into. And then it's just, 
the bro culture, right? Yeah, yeah. it perpetuates the, the norm, a fear mm-hmm. of anything outside. It, the belonging becomes the toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage brotherhood with people who, like, it's not their norm? No, that's a good question. I don't really know if I have an answer for that. I see you hug men. Yeah, I mean, I... And you call them brother. I call people brother. I hug them. I always work on eye contact. I still have horrible eye contact. You know, I'm, I, and I will admit, eye gazing is very difficult for me. But you've done <laughs> but it. But I've done it. <laughs> put it on work, but it's incredibly uncomfortable. What's uncomfortable about it? I just start giggling. I don't know. I can't do it. I just so intimate, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, you can. it's sad, too. It depends who you're gazing with. Because you feel them? Yeah. And so... Oh. Yeah. Totally. I've done that. You know, I actually went to like a men's conference once. I did that. And I was so intense. One person was giggly. The other one was just incredibly, he just started crying. Oh. You know, the other person was just kind of mean mugging, right? Like very aggressive. It's like just intense eye gazing. Not the derail it, but yeah, eye gazing yeah. is just hard. I feel like if I start staring at someone's soul, it's not going to bring them along for the journey, right? So like. Oh, you know, but women really crave it. Yeah. But, and probably men too. But. What you were asking of how I bring people along for the ride, calling them brother, treating them as as I would want to be treated, being very intentional on my wording, and then, you know, not going overboard, as in how I define overboard of like I'm gonna push, I I'm comfortable doing this. I'm just gonna push this on this person. I know that's gonna fail, and if they're not gonna be comfortable, I have to give them small iterative doses of certain things, right? Yeah. And I feel like. If you come at someone just too much, they're going to be like, I'm comfortable, I don't like this, and then they're going to um, essentially regress. And right. So, the, like, I think what I've just been successful in general of making friends or bringing people along is take it slow. Don't try to, don't try to fix somebody or make someone feel like, like, when I look at somebody, I know if they're going to be a hugger or not. I'm not going to hug somebody if I know they're not a hugger. But... Mm-hmm. If I shake their hand, maybe I do the side hug, the one hand behind their back, pull them in. Yeah. Other people get a full hug. Other people might get, um, you know, a longer stare. Maybe it's nice. It's a handshake. Um, yeah. My wording's different. And You're then, tuning into that. Yeah, yeah. And so, not to really answer your question, but no, you did. You totally you know, did. Just yeah, you can't. You can't go hardcore. Yeah. So then I'm interested, a few weeks ago, you hosted in our house, like, your leadership team at your work, because you're an executive at a big tech company, and you invite a leadership team, which was mostly men, a few women, and you had them do a cacao ceremony and meditation. And what made you decide to do that? And, I mean, I'm sure that some people who came there were like, never had ever done anything like that. I mean, on offsite, you know, just going off somewhere to talk about our objectives and OKRs and what we're going to be What's doing. What's an OKR? People don't know what those are. An OKR. Goals. Yeah, it's essentially, it's a goal. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a target, a target state, usually quarterly. But essentially having people come to our house where I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm like, I'm right. showing that I'm, I'm open. You're in my house. Like, holy crap. And then doing something just completely, you know, out of the, what they would quantify as, as norm of a cow ceremony where we are drinking cacao to essentially open our hearts to have a meaningful conversation after describing, you know, what we can do. The theme was how can we empower ourselves 
and how can we do better, right? It was kind of the open theme of the offsite, but it wasn't work-related as for the individual. Like, how can you better yourself and be a better human being? And if someone's better and they're happier and more engaged with their self, of course, their output and their work's going to be better, right? And Which is a, a great pitch, I think, for people, instead of being like, we're going to open our hearts together. Yeah, and like, so again, strategically, it was... Focus on yourself, which if you sustain yourself, you can sustain others around you and you can sustain your career, right? And having people have a cow, which does open you up, talk about it, set intentions, share like a word of gratitude. I think that was pretty powerful to put everyone in a vulnerable state. So edgy for so yeah. many people, right? You know, and some people took it better than others. No one had negative aspects of it. Some people were much more open. Um, you know, when we were around the circle and our eyes were closed... And the individual who was leading the ceremony was like... This is my friend Giovanna Garcia. I wasn't sure if I could say her name. Yeah, you point. can. You can. Uh, she was leading the, the ceremony and hitting her drum. I opened my eyes and everyone almost had, everyone had their eyes closed. Yeah. And people were sitting up straight and they were doing deep breaths. We even did some oming, I think it's called, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right? You owned. Yeah, and I, I just was You smiling. guys owned? Like, no one's going to do this. So I think if you put people in these situations and they feel comfortable around other people who aren't judging them they're gonna of course yeah, create the safe right. space and so you're so good at I, that. I asked i asked giovanna you know not to come in really hard doing call and response and you know the other circles that i've seen that i've been part of which made me feel uncomfortable in the beginning let's start it slow right just come in do something and had asked her to do more of an educational twist to it yeah. where she explained the cacao the science behind it her experiences with it, how she was taught it. So now it became educational that people were learning, knowing that most of these individuals are engineers, that they want to have some type of quantified data to, right? Like, oh, this is how it works. This is why. And so I think that helped a lot too. And she you know, also talked about the, you know, the spiritual aspect, but compared that back to what she defined what was spiritual for it. And I thought that was, just, again, bringing people along yeah. instead of, forcing them to do it and, and turning it, the volume to 11 on them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it's so cool you did that because it's, it's demystifying. It's making these practices seem more approachable. For folks who are really craving, you're having that existential ache or a craving belonging, you know? I'm, I'm imagining, this happens often where I'm like imagining who's someone who's listening being like, yeah, but, and I'm feeling the, yeah, but my partner is so not there yet. My partner. Do you know, I get a lot of people, especially because you went to that men's conference, which was like five years ago now, the one where you eye gazed. I think it was longer than that. Yeah. I have people being like, can I get the name of that conference for my husband? And I'm like, it, does, it doesn't exist anymore. And there are so many things. Actually, everyone look up Sacred Sons. It's a really cool men's brotherhood experience that I looks amazing and I've had a few friends do it. But what would you say? Cause I actually don't know what to say. I'm like, keep looking. What would you say to the woman who's like, my, I wish my husband would be where you're at because it seems realistic. Like, how can I get my partner there? Like, what do we do? How, what do I do? What, it, like, what, what do we say? I don't think there's a defined formula. There definitely isn't. No, but not. what would you say to her? I wish there was an algorithm for that, but there's not. I but, know, don't we all? <laughs> but I would say, so for myself, I was the most introverted individual you've probably ever met. 
you know, the 6'2 guy who's 125 pounds graduating high school, you know. Super bullied. Super, super pale bullied. My only, you know, I had like a quorum of friends, you know, a couple, like another four people, really. Uh, and, you know, my time, of, like, like what I defined as fun was playing D&D until late nights and being on my computer. That's it. That's like, that's all, that's all I did. Yeah. So I was definitely not the cool person. And that, you know, I always still create belonging. But if people say, oh, my, you know, my partner is too normal, like there's, there's no such thing. And you have to approach that individual with just, I would say, an iterative approach to just getting them not on board, but just talking to them. And, and I don't know. I'm well, sure what, wor- what worked for us? What got uh, you there? I don't know. Maybe I saw the benefit of it. I saw the benefit. You saw of- the shift in me. Yeah, it's like the shift of like you, but also with just me and my career and everything. I don't know. I just. I mean, in a way, you were brave and just tried something. I guess at the end of the day, there's excuses or there's just getting something done and making an excuse of, oh, this is stupid or I don't believe in this. Like, until you actually try or do something, like, I feel like. It's not, it's not like a good reason to like, yeah, you know, you know I'm not rambling here. No, you're um, not. A little bit. I just, I'm again, like probably one of the, if you want to define whatever normal is, a nerdy engineer. Yeah. I, I love video games. I love science. I love space. Conventional. I love robots. Yeah. Like, I love nature. I love hiking. I love mechanical stuff, uh, building, hacking, like everything you think about, right? Like very traditional. I wouldn't put anywhere on my resume spiritual practices, yoga, you know, the typical right. traditional things that people associate, you know, your work too. And I always find that funny. I, think I can apply everything that you're saying to my engagements that I do, right? Like what I'm doing, like applying it to engineering practices, which go into communication and to team building. Like it's all, yeah. it's all very applicable. But um, you have co-led ritual with me. You know, like we have done ritual and ceremony together. And what I've found to be really cool about it is I, if I've, I've just let go and not been like, Tim, do this, do that, are you okay? And I just let go, like you fold into the ritual and ceremony. I'm thinking about like that winter solstice when you were like, I'm going to hang on the edge of the circle because I feel like I need to hold space here or like when we had our first miscarriage and I like couldn't get my self together, you like led our little ritual together in our garden. Like that comes out of you. And I don't go, Tim, please do a ritual and do it right. It just comes out of you. The guy, the nerdy guy who is an engineer. Yeah. But I mean, that's just, I don't have a way to say how I do that as happens, but that totally, but you know, if, if we rebooted and I was the, let's just say like a 30 year old Tim and you asked me to do that, I probably would have been really nervous and embarrassed about it. Right. And, it's over and, time. And so it's over time. And I won't say practice doing them, but being more exposed and being open-minded to it. Anyone who's closed minded, if you're, if you think your partner's closed minded, they might just be scared. Right. Like, but if, and if they truly are closed minded and they're not open to anything, how is it ever going to work for anything? Like that's like that's not the case. It's just yeah. going to be scared. If yeah. someone truly is that closed-minded on all aspects, then you might want to ask other questions. Yeah. You know, why are you 
with this individual? Why? What are you actually doing with your life? Because yeah. you know, as humans, we should be able to iterate and and adapt. Grow together. And if you're in a relationship and you want to co-create a relationship, of course you have to have little nuances of being part of what they do, but you don't have to go all in. Like, yeah. and, and then as I do these things, I'm with these individuals, you know, that you've really introduced me to, that I, I love and, and you know, adore. Yeah, it's easier for me to be vulnerable around them and know I'm not going to be judged. Yeah. I could, I could say anything and they're going to look at me with love and be like, good job, Tim. So like, yeah, okay. Right? So Witnessing, yeah. yeah. Um, and then over time, I think I've just become a, a natural leader in certain areas. I just step up and that's all because of these practices over the last five to seven years, right? So Yeah. And trying to do without being, going back to like the work and toxic masculinity, doing it without trying to be aggressive or forcing it. Like you bring people along and you show that you're vulnerable and willing to make mistakes or hold space for them, they're going to rally around you a lot more effectively than coming like a drill sergeant, which isn't sustainable, right? Yeah. And treat, I mean, if you want to treat people like numbers, sure, right? Burn them out, get them out. But like, if you want to really build relationships and set a tent with people, both in personal and um, professional careers, you have to come from a way of being vulnerable, being yourself. Yeah. Right? No one wants to be basic, you know? Everyone should be kind of unique and creative and, and don't be don't be afraid of that. I'm really hearing you say, like, a lot of the fear comes from fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. And that is such a thing in our culture. And then, so we don't do the things because what if we look stupid? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole, if I fail, my God, I look stupid. You see it a lot, too, in the tech world. People just nod. Yeah, I know what you're saying when they have no idea what you're saying, which just causes a lot, a lot oh of issues. Oh, my gosh, right? The pretending you know because you're afraid mm-hmm. to say you don't know. And ask those questions. Oh, um, So totally. those, are, those are very scary individuals. The, when you know your unknowns, it really empowers you to push yourself farther. And that's both, again, in personal self-development and your own career development. When you... You don't know when, what you when, don't know. When you have unknown unknowns and you think you have no unknowns, that's where you become a, a liability to yourself, others around you. And, and you're yeah. just going to cause problems. Like yeah. it's not sustainable. So I don't know if that answered your question either. Yeah, it is really, really good stuff. I want to know what you think about our current um, climate around misogyny and racism as a white cis man. Oh, yes. I mean, it's definitely like real. Like, what's it, what's it like to, like, live in patriarch, racial, white supremacy, patriarch? Like, what do you, what's your take? That's uh, a deep question. I know. It's uh, a, just there's, here. there's a lot of different answers there. Are uh, you afraid to say the wrong thing as a no, white man? No, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Because I feel like that's a thing. No, I mean, it's a real thing. As I educate myself about, you know, internal racism, um, even with myself, people around me, you hear things that you know people say, or when I say that slip up that you rethink, you're like, oh, actually, that that doesn't sound good. Why why did I say that? Yeah. Why do I think that? Like this, it's real. And I think as I learn more about it and open myself up to it and educate myself more about it, it's the only way I'm actually going to change. And I feel like a lot of people don't. I don't want to say don't want to make that change, but afraid to admit that using that using the word as oh yeah that was a racist thought like oh I'm bad now it's like well no like you probably had a racist thought you know 
that's okay, but you need to understand that to move forward, right? And that's where the whole thing of the iterative approach to me on everything you do. Um, that's like a core value of yeah, yours. Like, it's like to you, iterate. you just understand that, oh, crap, I said that or I thought that. That wasn't cool. And you do it again. Okay. And you can only learn from it. Doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? And I think I think when people hear that but word, you, but you need to look at it to be a better person. Mm-hmm. When people hear the word, oh, you're white and racist. It's like you know, as a white male, a lot of people. It's go, like yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people get get defensive about that, and you're like, okay. I mean, I get it. And sometimes I get defensive about it when I hear that. I'm like, well, no, well, well, technically, if you look at historic data, yeah, okay. If you look at who I am and how I grew up, sure, like it's just it's always there. It's never not going to be there. Right, so you got to look at it. Yeah, you can only help make it better, but it's always going to be there. And in my lifetime, yourself. it's going to be there. It's rooted in me. Like it's, and as soon as you understand that piece of it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Then you don't take offense to it so much. Instead of taking offense to it, you become more empathetic to it, and then you understand, oh, I can make these small changes, these small twists, or call someone else out or something. And like, it's the only way you're going to make like a, an actual change, right? Yeah. Yeah. We call each other out. Yeah, we do. I think that's a cool practice we have. We're getting less and less triggered <laughs> in it, which is actually a total win mm-hmm. for us. You know, and I'd, I'd be I'd be a liar if I told you. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh no, well, I'm no, you're wrong, or that person's wrong. And at the end of the day, it's like I don't really have a podium to stand on, and therefore you have yeah. to just accept it, and then you just realize, okay, it's not about me. <laughs> Right? And, yeah. that, and that's the big thing. It's like, it's not about me. I'm not here to prove it wrong or right. Like, that I just need wrong or right right now. It's just like, I just need to ensure that, I guess, that I did something right. It's just like, I should always almost inherently be wrong to educate, to just keep pushing forward because I will never truly understand it. Right. right? And, and that, that need to be right is the fragility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, it's a deep topic. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there's a lot of different, you know, examples of, being the city where you see it, um, just well, you're a man in tech, like I mean, the, the t- misogyny. Yeah, and like you know, even even for myself, you know, I've done you know hosted women in tech. I've uh, security women in tech. Um, I have I have you know actively recruiting women on my team, people of color. And when I look at, it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so well. Yay, Tim. Yay, Tim. And then I go look at you know my statistics and like, oh crap, I'm still behind like an average quota of what you would define of what people are trying to do and it's like because it's never going to be enough exactly and so like I look at it's like yeah but you got to keep doing it like pat myself in the back I'm doing this good time but are you doing enough could you do more right and so just having like the status quo thing it aggravates me I think I've I've slowly learned that there is no status quo you just gotta hustle and keep going and there's no using your privileges yeah yeah and no And like, sure, pat yourself on the back that, yeah, I just got another woman engineer, but why don't you have three more? Why aren't yeah, you doing just this? Keep going. Yeah. And then knowing too, like, you hear a lot of the time, oh, there's just a, there's just a deficit. Is this a deficit? And it's like, well, why don't you do more to host, you know, high school hackathons that people come in and inspire women and people of color to want to go to college and do tech because in five years we need to get a bigger ingest of individuals that come back in for internships and come back in for you know junior positions because if we're always like oh they're too junior we want senior hires we got to level them up right and so if you don't actively approach that not just at the surface level you got to go deep you got to get them younger you got to really push on it it takes work and 
there's never enough time to do I don't know enough time to sleep sometimes, as you know. Uh, but again, it's just an excuse if you don't try to do it. And, totally. And so to answer your question, like just how I feel on this, it's just, there's always a lot of excuses. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm interested in what your, what are the most important self-care practices for you right now in your life? Uh, because you struggle with that, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I think for me, if I work out at least four times a week, that helps a lot, which I haven't been doing. I have an injury, but that's just an excuse because you can always do something. Uh, mm-hmm. Focus on better sleep practices. Sleep's really important mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, and I definitely do not get enough. Um, I know when I get, you know, six hours in a night, I feel really good. If I can get seven or eight, I feel great. But sustaining four to five, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not healthy. Um, so worth working on that. And I think working out, which relieves stress and trying to, what I call Tim time, where I might, you know, work out, go into my office and play a game. Like those yeah. are like, Go read an article. There's something that I want to go read. Like, you know, like my own time where I can isolate, not around anybody. That's really important to me. If I don't get those multiple times a week, oh, I start I, I start to, uh, you know, put my, my wall up a little bit and I might get a little more agitated or I might be just more on edge and some weeks are harder than others. So yeah. working out for me, I think, is probably been one of the just best things. And when I don't do it, it, it really affects me. Oh, same. And again, oh, I'm tired. I don't feel well. Oh, I got home late. It's like those are all excuses because you know, well, you know, if you work out, you feel better. You know, it'll help. But For like me. this morning, we were going to go to Pilates, but then we chose sleeping in. Yeah, I guess. And that was a smart choice. I guess. Let me rephrase. If you're incredibly sleep deprived, working out can make it worse. Right. Right. So there's there's points in time where you have to cocoon and just rest. And like a day, and that's tough for you to it, know the choice. Yeah, because you're tired. You're a tired person. Like I'm tired right now. I'm gonna go back outside and work on this chicken coop I'm building for you, right? And yeah. I would probably, I probably should just go take a nap and rest Maybe today. Maybe you should. But I'm not going to because of other issues, right? So this is where the self care thing comes in. Yeah. Where it's, it's I mean, hard. People can relate to you right mm-hmm. now. It's, it's hard. Um, and so like I have time restrictions. I have certain things I have to do. So like I have to put this forward and push. Is that the right thing? Is the wrong thing? I don't know. But as long as I feel personally fulfilled that I accomplished something and, you know, I, I kind of tell that line, it's okay. But, but yeah, if I sleep and working out is, yeah. is, is critical. What do you think are the most important care practices for our marriage? Self-disclosure. What does that mean? Like just being honest with each other and, and not... I'm like, feeling... Yeah, I feel like being able to talk through my current emotions how I feel and not like you making a view do this yeah, to me, it's right? It's a hard one. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and so being able to reflect for me to then allow you to show empathy for me or yeah. you know, or, or not, right? Which is okay too if you even get mad because if I need to self-disclose something. But just having that practice has been really good. Continuing to go to those couples therapy once a month or whatever, right? Like just, just to have that check-in is really good. Setting date nights, which we you know could always do better on, once once a week, one, once a week just to really have intentions where we can dig Presence. in, yeah, and like dig in with each other about, hey, how's the business going? How's work going? Asking the harder questions that might be talk about money, uh, yeah, <laughs> that might be uh, 
triggering for other individuals, right? Yeah. And just this is a good opportunity to have that and ensuring that you set intentions to allow that conversation to happen. So you're kind of calm down, like you know these questions are coming, right? Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, I think they, I think that's that's the big key for it for me. Also, being a partner and trying to co-create things and understanding if I yeah, that if, we have a joint experience yeah, together. Like if I if I'm just gonna go do my own thing all the time and wall you off, like how is that beneficial at all? And I found that if we're only defining couple time as like logistics of like talking about like house stuff or like scheduling, that's not quite the connection of co-creation where we're both in a creative, no. connected experience. Mm-hmm. But I do like to talk about logistics. I know. <laughs> It calms your nervous system. I've learned that. It used to drive me nuts, and now I'm like, oh, actually, he needs it. Mm -hmm. He needs to know what's coming, what we're doing in order to calm his nervous system. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely discussing logistics is is like a a joy for me. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more question. Mm -hmm. What do you think about all the witchy stuff I do? I don't know. I don't I mean, the definition of witch, right? I mean, what is the, what's, the, what's the definition of witch to you? Great question. A wise woman who's in relationship with the natural cycles of the world. Right. And so if that, to me, then, I mean, I think everyone should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And so I think having you really dig into your ancestors and dig into nature and dig into practices and like, I love it. I think it's awesome. I see how happy it makes you. I see empowering people around you. You know, you're, you're educating me all the time on this stuff. So I love it. You know, and I think people have that negative, negative thought like a witch. Like, or that it's weird or it's scary. Yeah. Oh, a witch. The, the woman who has not bathed in 30 years and lives in a tree and casts spells <laughs> on people. Like, come on. What are you talking about? No. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me kind of wants to do that. Like, it just. I just think people think that. But we live here in this world, in this time, in this town. Yeah, it's like even like back in, it's also, it's a crappy word. It's been, it's been put in a hard situation, I feel like. Which is why I use it, because I want to reclaim it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even back in the days of playing D&D and like RPG or role-playing games and witches and warlocks, they were always like an evil bit to them, right? It just perpetuates it. And even shamans were then also kind of evil in most games. In D&D? Yeah, like a shaman could be usually more of like doing plague spells and casting death. Not quite like a necromancer, but they always have like a, a piece to it. Like, like well, shamans, witches, side. warlocks, necromancers, all like evil characters um, or, or, or have just evil intent. And so I think that word has been tainted. However, go back to your topic, I think it's great because it is a rebranding. And when I hear the word witchy things, I just think of my wife and I'm like, like the term witch now, like, yeah, Becca. Like to me, it's just totally <laughs> if, I, if I should make like a wiki page of witch and have a picture of you, but then redefine what that is, right? Oh. Yeah, like that. that this is, is romance, everyone. That, that, that is, I mean, so to me, it's not like it doesn't affect me at all. It just, it just makes me happy that you're happy with it because I, I look at what the term witch is as something to be different than others do, right? Right, because of course, because yeah. there's a whole confusion and. You know, Christian patriarchy has done a number on that word. <laughs> so, which is to me is like a wise woman who's passionate about building belonging, community, and is in touch with 
the feminine and nature side of herself, right? And like, yeah, it doesn't need to be complicated. And I think that's the thing. I think people overly complicate this stuff. Yeah. Which then back to the, your previous, you know, questions ago of um, how to approach, you know, someone who who wants to bring them into the circles. Like, just don't overthink it. Like, like if you're asking, oh. if, if you're thinking about asking your partner to go to a breathing meditation with you or go to Pilates, go to yeah. yoga, like something that's like, oh, that's not manly, like that. Like if you're scared to ask that question, you know, like don't be, just ask it. You're probably be or surprised. Or self-disclose. Yeah. I'm feeling nervous, but this also means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Would you come? Yeah, and then I bet you, nine out of 10, if your partner loves you, they're going to be like, yeah, cool, right? Like they're not going to. I mean, that is kind of how it happened with you. I would ask you, and if you said no, I'd have to accept it because then sometimes you'd say yes. Mm-hmm. But it was hard for you to accept this. I would say oh, no. no. You, would, you would you would get pushy, and yeah, you'd be like, I'd be scared. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then I'm like, why do you want me to conform? Like, yeah. Oh I'm yeah, we would go there. And over time, I relaxed yes. a lot, and you came closer. Yeah. Oh, you want me to go to yoga with you? Sure, whatever. I'll go do. That. Oh, this is kind of cool. You want me to do this with you? Oh, whatever. Oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And the same thing even with you, with my practices, things I want to do. Yeah? Like if we want to go on a hike of a hill is too steep, you still do it for me. I would. Yeah. Sometimes I say no. Mm -hmm. Usually Um, it has to do with where I'm in my cycle. Yeah. Point is like, hey, I want to go. Like if I asked you, let's go to the Air and Space Museum or let's go to like a game museum. I know that's not your forte, but you would say, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Right? Right. Because you're generally interested, but it's not that you would go do it without me. Yeah. And, but, you know, I probably won't go to yoga without you. It's just yeah. something that I just won't do. However, when you ask me to go, I'll go because I'm like, yes, it's actually not that bad. I'm interested. It's an excuse to go. If you ask me to actively go to a cacao ceremony or um, another, like, a retreat or another you know, spiritual event, whatever it may be, I usually don't, I don't actively seek those out. It's not in my right. nature. That's in your nature. And then you invite me as a partner. And so I'm going to go. Right. Or sometimes you don't. I don't. Yeah. It depends. And it also depends on the schedule or it depends on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. But if you don't start eating, if you didn't ask the questions, I would never do it. Therefore, I'd never be comfortable with it. So again, over time, it would approach for the last X amount of years. 14. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that would say the last like five for this type of more intention setting, like yeah. really doing that, like working um, on ourselves. Totally. Um, has just made it easier. So now it's just second nature. Just to go back again. Yeah. Self-disclose and don't be afraid to ask your partner because you'll probably be surprised. And there is no definition. And share the vulnerability of it. And there is no definition of normal. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think maybe we can close here. I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to say to the women and female-identified people listening who are really struggling with revealing this part of themselves or are feeling really disconnected from their partner who is, like, working hard, really exhausted, maybe not treating their bodies very well. Like, what would you say to them? Go to couples counseling. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's, that's going to help for sure. Um, I would say the self-disclosing 
and really trying to flow into your feminine energy to bring the masculine along. You know, as, as a male, just in, you know, traditional how I feel like my own, like my own body just feels like I want to be a protector. I want to be that tree, right? I want to like hold you space for, for Becca and space for other women and space for other people who need help. It's just like, that's the masculine energy. Help others for you. Like get it done. Help others. Put yourself in front of others. That feeds um, you. Right? Yeah, that feeds me. It's like, a, it's like it really engages me. If I'm feeling stressed and another masculine energy comes to me as a partner who I want to feel vulnerable with, that might actually be a deterrent because it's like a challenging perspective or like they're not showing empathy for you all of a sudden because you've been grinding and doing things and someone comes at you to go do something that's not from a truly from the heart of feminine energy. Like that, that's so like, I'm wondering if that might confuse people. You mean like more receptive? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, if I put myself in a situation... We're not necessarily saying weaker. No, not... Just saying a different energetic experience. Yeah, and so... Not hard, coming at you hard. Yeah, I just... Like, if you come at me, if I'm stressed out and I'm in go, go, go mode... Yeah. And I'm just coming back from work, which is going to be a lot of masculine energy where I'm just putting this... this get 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 it done, get it done, get it done, you know, attitude. And I come home and I try to decompress... If I have that energy around me, it's not going to help me. If I have energy of calming, soothing, being the leaves on the tree, blowing around, like more playful, that is going to really pull me in to be more receptive to the conversation of, hey, I'm feeling this way. I'd really like you to do this with me. It, it, it facilitates deeper connection and mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. Which is what yeah. we're Again. seeking. <laughs> this is how, how. Yes, I agree. Yes. What was funny? No, just the words we use. Uh, oh, you and me. Yeah. I, just, I'm trying I know. To say, I'm, I translate, I'm, then you translate, then I translate. Well, I'm just not the best at, uh, at explaining these things sometimes. And no, it's the, good. It, I think it's cool for people to hear how differently you and I speak. Yeah. And we work really hard to be like, what What you saying there? Can we translate that? Yeah. But again, just I, I appreciate the feminine energy. Because it grounds me. Without yeah. it, I'm just a crazy person. I'm just running around way too much, too much really? energy. When I have that, when I feel, I feel calmed by your feminine energy. I'm interested in what, um, like, is there any sort of, like, experience you've had of me? Or, like, I just, I'm curious to know. Was there like a night or a time or is there like an expression of me in the feminine that felt really soothing to you? Am I doing anything? Am I saying anything? Am I not yeah. saying anything? It's like, and it's, it's like, I would say that you just, you have a, a playfulness to you and almost wanting to, serves the wrong word, but like take care of me in a way. Right, like that's. I don't mind surf. Yeah, like that. As long as we're not talking about master slave. Yeah, no, but like, it's nice. So like, you know, coming home and not from like a traditional household thing of like the woman must cook and whatever that is, but like coming home and, and feeling taken care of is really yeah. helpful for me from a day of just nonstop, you know, ten hours on and and you know having a thirty minute break somewhere to you know scarf some food, which isn't healthy. You know, when those days are happening coming home to that energy is so relaxing, which builds a better partnership, a better bonding, where then I feel safer. And when I feel safer, I become more vulnerable. 
and, and present. Con- and present. And those conversations can happen that have, you know, kind of direct intent, right? Having those conversations when I, my mind is spinning and your mind's spinning or, you know, you are annoyed at me for coming home late from working or like that energy comes in. Doesn't matter what question you ask me or like someone asks their partner that's in the situation, it's automatically fail. Yeah. It's not going to work. And that's going to build more resentment. It's going to build other issues and it's compounding. Yeah. And so like that, to me, that's what I keep referring to as the feminine energy coming home where I'm taken care of and safe. Right. But not. I'm receptive yeah. and playful. Mm-hmm. Those are the two words that are coming up. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't have exact examples. It happens a lot. Because yeah. There's a lot of it. Totally. I'm glad you said that. That helps me remember that because I forget it all the time. Yeah, okay. If I come home and I run some business, Becca, Oof. That could be. <laughs> heads my butt, right? So, so you have to be careful. I know. Right? It's and, true. But sometimes I run some business, Becca. And we and, have to and, like and pause. Maybe, and maybe I've had a great day and I'm feeling so empowered and I can go into the playful state. Right? Yes. And so it's really knowing your partner. Like, I'm not... I'm not embarrassed to say, like, I also, I think when I show feminine energy, like, it helps in a lot of aspects. Oh, it's beautiful. It helps with you when I can hold the the other space for you. When you're holding the masculine energy and I can hold the feminine for you, like, I think it's great. It's It's lovely. And I think when people hear those words, they get all weird about it. Like, oh, I I must be weak now. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, is that toxic masculinity? Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want to complete there? Do you have anything else to say? you want to share or express um thanks for doing this pretty cool we just shared all that no problem where can people find you on instagram ha 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 don't look for me online (laughs) all right well then very special opportunity thank you i love you love you too thank you so much for listening I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.